Hello there, you're listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast. Conversations on church planting in Europe. My name is Steve Robinson. I'm a pastor of a church in Liverpool. And along with my co-host Dan Steele from Oxford, we want to hear from different guests about what God is doing in different contexts in the vast expanse of Europe. To be better informed and encouraged to know how to be praying and to, under God, plant more and healthier churches that thrive and flourish as they take the message of Jesus into a world that needs to hear him. Welcome to our next episode of the Acts 29 Europe podcast. Uh, it's great to have you with us. I'm here with Dan Steele. How are you getting on, Dan? Uh, I'm all right, mate. We're still in lockdown, but I'm okay. You're doing all right. One thing I found, mate, in lockdown is that I've I've been reading a lot more than I usually do. I like to read. I read a lot, and I seem to be reading even more. Are you reading more during lockdown? Or, and if you are, what are you what are you reading? Uh, the honest answer is I'm reading less. I think, and that's probably because I'm having to juggle a bit of homeschooling and everything else that's going on. Um, I, I'm reading though. I'm particularly enjoying. Um, a book by Paul Tripp called Lead, which um, I guess we'll put a link in the show notes, but I think it's fantastic. 12 chapters looking at different aspects of leadership communities and how we can be healthier. Um, Very timely, very insightful, uh, just the kind of thing that you might want to take um, perhaps your your staff team through, or if you've got a bunch of mates in ministry. And yeah, I'm reading it with a bunch of guys. And every couple of weeks we have a Zoom call and talk about the next chapter. it's in one sense brutal and convicting and you recognize the reality of your own sin, but at the same time, it's glorious because it points you to the cross, the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus um, and our need again of the gospel. So yeah, loving it. Read, read Lead by Paul Tripp. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I've I've read it as well. I think what's interesting about this book is that it is a book for a leadership community when often books about leadership are for the leader or the pastor. And and I think that's been really helpful as I've I've read I've read through it as well. So I'd agree with you. Read Lead by Paul Tripp, which is great. And talking about leading and talking about uh leadership, we have with us the 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 lead of Acts 29, Great Britain, Hugo Charteris with us today. Hello, Hugo. Good morning. Great to be with you. Great to have you with us, Hugo. And um, we're going to hear more about you as you as you go along. But Hugo, you live in Newcastle. I do. Could you just tell everybody, before I get you to introduce yourself, what football team or soccer team do you support? <laughs> you know the answer to that, Robbo. You know I, the answer to that. And, I know that answer. And it is Liverpool. Amen. And <laughs> I, have, I have always supported Liverpool. Absolutely. From, from my earliest days. And I don't really know why, but but I do. And my son does as well. But he was born, I don't know, three or four miles from Anfield. So so hey. I, you know, I've lived in the area there you as, go. as well. And he is he is he is fanatical. He's really, really keen. Well, Hugo, I actually wanted to do the podcast to talk about the reasons why it's important that everybody supports Liverpool and that it really I, helps. I'm very, I'm very happy to do this, Robbo. Let's, let's go. Let's talk about last year. But we, 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 we might want to avoid this year because it's not going so well. But, um, Absolutely. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, anybody but United is, 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 what, I, is what I say. Oh, Absolutely. Man. So before this gets into a Liverpool Football Club Appreciation <laughs> podcast, Hugo, um, you know, I know I know you really well. You're a good friend. Same with Dan. But 
for those who do not know you, who may be listening, could you tell us a bit about yourself, your family, how you became a Christian, and how you ended up in Newcastle? Because you do not have uh, the classic Geordie accent. No, I don't. Well, let's get this out of the way. So uh, the accent is South African, and that is because I was brought up in South Africa. But I'm not South African. I was actually born in London. Did you know that? Maybe you knew that. Maybe you didn't. Oh, I was not. I was born in London, and my parent of of English parents, and my parents immigrated to South Africa when I was one, wow. and so I spent twenty four years my twenty four years in in South Africa, and came back here when I was twenty five. So that the accent is South African, the uh, developmental life stage is South African, but but uh, yeah, I'm an, I'm as English as you are. I have my passport. I always have had it. And I'm allowed to live here and always have. So here, here I am. So yeah, we're, we're not the home office. We're not. We're, we're not. We're not interrogating you. It's fine. We believe you. We believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I'm old, as you know, and so I've actually been here for 31 years, 32 years, I think this year. Um, and so to be honest, I feel completely. I feel English. That's what I feel. And so when people say, "What's your accent?" It just kind of confuses me for a moment and then oh yeah I have to explain all this all over again but yeah I do I do feel English so tell us tell us tell us a little bit about how you became a Christian and and you know how did you end up in in Newcastle that would be great okay uh I don't know how I became a Christian so uh, apart from you know God called me to himself all by grace and uh thankful to him because by rights I shouldn't uh, I I come from a family of which my broader family there 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 aren't aren't Christians. My um, my dad was a till the day he died, sadly, tragically, was a campaigning atheist, always shaking his fist in the in 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 the face of the God that he didn't 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 believe in in. Um, and so that was that was my upbringing. But for they sent me. They sent me to Sunday school, mm. and I never really asked them, and I don't really have an op- opportunity to ask my dad now. But I think it was because it it uh, enabled them to read the papers and drink coffee on a Sunday morning, wow. whilst we went off to Sunday school. But the trouble was, it took, and and uh, I, I do know that the church I went to was 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 dreadful. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure I didn't hear the gospel. Well, maybe I did. I, you know, looking back, I struggled to think that was the case. But as I grew up, I believed the gospel to be true. Mm. And at some point, I guess, um, I became a Christian. But but uh, certainly, certainly, at uh, what that point was, I don't know. But certainly by the time I was at university, I was sure that my sins were forgiven, that God's spirit indwelt me. And I belonged to him. He had made me part of his people. And so uh, certainly by, I don't know, 1718, that was, that was uh, the, the case. Yeah, so that's how I became a, became a Christian. I, um, how did I end up in Newcastle? Well, I left South Africa in 1989, partly for political reasons. Um, yeah, well, let's let's not do that. But that's that's uh, that was um, that was part of that history. And came here wanting to um, become a, a gospel minister, 
uh, went to Cramner Hall, which is a theological college in Durham, and studied there for for two years. And I just got a, what. So this is all part of the Church of England. So I worked for the Church of England for 11, 12 years. Mm. And my first post in the Church of England was what Anglicans call a curacy, and I got a curacy in Newcastle hmm. in 1992. That's a long time ago, isn't it? So mm. that's when I came here, and I did a curacy there before moving to the Wirral, which is just over the Mersey, Steve, as you know, that's right. uh, for, for to be a vicar of a church for, for seven or eight years. Um, hmm. But Jenny and I just, just loved Newcastle. And so we really, really did. And even though we were away, and I hate to say this, Robbo, um, and I hope nobody from the world is listening to this. And we had a lovely time in the world. We really did. But we always felt a pull to Newcastle. Why? Well, I'll tell you a story in a moment, but we did. And so we 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 came back. Church planting was partly to do well big big mm. time to do do with that but when issues came up we moved back to to newcastle the delightful thing is i have a very very complicated family history my mother's father died when she was two in the war she never knew him her mother never spoke about him anyway we come to newcastle about 10 years ago she phones me up from south africa and says have you ever heard of a place called Wrighton? I live 10 miles away from Wrighton. And it turns out that that is where her, the entire side of her family come from. Wow. And it turns out that I live and have lived for the past 15 years within one mile of where my great-granddad was buried. Wow. And we always assumed that we were from the south of England, huh. but we weren't. We were from Newcastle, across the water, right in, up into Northumbria. The family is scattered all around there. So I've now been to a church graveyard where three members of the family are, you know, big, big yeah. um, things that say they're lying, they're lying, lying here. And, and um, so I just love that. I just love that. I, I just mm. feel for, for some reason God has brought me to mm. a place where my family, family historically is known really well. So there we go. We're in Newcastle. Amazing. Sounds like you've kind of almost come home, family home at least, in one sense. Yeah. It's great. Um, I'm learning loads about you, Hugo. Thank you. This is really interesting <laughs> for me. I don't know anybody else, but I'm loving it. Um, you've, you've mentioned you mentioned a little bit of your story for coming back to Newcastle is to do with planting. Um, you have planted a church. I know you've, you've sent churches as well, and you've been a church planting church. Can you tell us a bit about um, that story um, and maybe some of the things you've learned from that as well? Sure. Uh, so I was a vicar on the Wirral yeah. and en enjoyed that very much and was serving amongst a delightful group of people. But I got to be chair of a little church planting committee in the northwest of England within the North um, Northwest Partnership, it's called. And we planted a church. Like I oversaw that with, with others and got the bug. I really wanted to, I thought this was a great thing and I'm somewhat entrepreneurial and thought I'd love to do this my, myself. I actually tried to do, do so within the Church of England, but that was clearly not going to be a, a flyer a, a, at all. And so for a combination of reasons, resigned from the Church of England and moved up 
we moved up as a family to to, to Newcastle and was basically unemployed for nine months, to be honest. Um, did, didn't, didn't have a job, but had, had contacts and had the support of um, some minister friends, senior to me, senior minister friends, who were supportive of me planting, us planting, I should say, was absolutely a joint a joint decision uh, between Jen and myself, and and so we we were kind of a plan from scratch. I mean, it was just you know, mum and dad and our two children, and then um, we we a, a church lent us um, six six people, and it was like like that. Uh, so they came with us for a year. Um, they stayed, but but that was the original original deal. And so uh, got a couple of others. So uh, 2006, 2006, we had managed to get together 10 adults and we had three children and we started Christchurch, Newcastle. Wow. In a very unthought through way, I c- can't tell <laughs> you how, you know, all the stuff, Acts 29, assessment conferences, goodness me, what we decided was we would just start meeting every Sunday and figure it out from there. And if you think there must be more to it than that, there wasn't. That's exactly <laughs> what we did. And so we started meeting on a Sunday and we figured it out from there. Of course, I got in the locker 10, 11, 12 years of ministry experience. Mm. Um, and that counted for it. I didn't realize how much that counted for, but I realized how much now, how much that counted for. And so I kind of knew what I was doing, um, but not an articulated way. So yeah, that's where 2006 we 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 started we started Christchurch in Newcastle. That's brilliant. Have you uh, and you guys have planted from Christchurch as well? And I know you've been involved in training different people as well. Can you tell us a little bit about what has happened since 2006? Yes, we have planted again. Uh, and we haven't done a very good job. And so, you know, the story, I kind of put it like this. The story of Christchurch is 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 a good one. I mean, it's 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 one of God's blessing. Um we are a church family approaching 300 people, maybe even a little bit more than that. Uh now, um uh, at least that number has has come and come and gone. Uh 80% in a good way, you know, obviously some, some not, but on the whole, on the whole in a, in a, in a good way. And, and uh, so, so in terms of, of that, people have become Christians. Um, it's been great in terms of church planting. So, so there we go. We, a successful church plant, but in terms of church planting, planting other churches, we haven't done particularly, particularly well. We planted a church in 2009 and it ran for about seven years. Um, but we never really got traction, and so we pulled it. Uh, very, very painful, very painful thing to do uh, with people absolutely committed to that plant. And then we planted again in 2015, I think it was, and that has been, it's been okay. It's been, it's been, been something of a struggle, and we've had to do this, that, and the next thing. But, but uh, at the beginning of COVID, we would have had about uh, – you know, approaching fifty people meeting on a Sunday, seventy people in in the in the church church family. But what has happened for us is um, with COVID, 
and each each meeting place wasn't a million miles miles away and uh we just we just uh came back into effectively one church again one congregation so our live stream and our children's work and everything for the past almost a year now it's almost mm. a year can you believe it has has been um we've been we've been operating as one as one church so we still to figure out how we emerge from the pandemic and that's what takes a lot of our time at the moment thinking through thinking through how to do that mm. so yeah i sometimes feel that all i've got to offer is my mistakes all that we've got to offer is our mistakes but hopefully actually we've learned a lot from that mm. hugo it's really it's interesting to hear you speak and I really appreciate your honesty and vulnerability regarding that. And I think what's really good for Acts 29 is to have the stories that are that 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 are on the other end of the spectrum as well. I think for for many many years just in Christian ministry that what we do is we elevate the stories of perceived success inverted commas and 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 what that looks like and what that means but but the rea- but the reality is this church planting and church leadership is difficult and something sometimes things start sometimes they change sometimes they stop and I, I, I and I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability to share this that we planted and it hasn't been what we intended it to to be but God is still sovereign and people are still being saved and which is encouraging and I think that's really helpful as well to to for you to be sharing this bearing in mind the role that you play with Acts 29 for Great Britain um in terms of the fact that actually what 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 you are sharing is a reality of your experience of planting a church seeing a church planted seeing people trained and sent and people coming to know Jesus and actually finding a little bit of difficulty in actually planting churches and I think that's probably more of the reality for most churches and most church leaders in Acts 29. So in your role as the GB lead for Acts 29, which um, which would incorporate England, Scotland, and Wales, and I know there's a close relationship with the guys in Ireland as well, mm-hmm. what have been, since you've done that role, some of the, the challenges and what have been some of the encouragements of your, your role with Acts 29? Let me just say something just... It remind me of that in case mm-hmm. I forget what you just asked me, but let's just, mm-hmm. just say, so church planting is really, really hard. It mm-hmm. really, really is hard. And we find it hard. We're not, a, we're not in, I mean, you can reshuffle the pack if you like, but if you're seeking to break new ground, uh, it's, it's, you know, dozens of people aren't going to quickly become Christians and it's just not like that. And so it's really, really hard going. And also 15, 20 years ago, we had no knowledge. We had no new cubinet. It was all new to us. Mm. Um, we were so naive. And uh, yeah, and even the good parts of the story, um, you know, a congregation approaching 300. And so it just, it sounds like, I know when, it's, when I say that, it sounds like it's been onwards and upwards. It has not. There has been significant pain along the way. There are one or two stories that I just wouldn't dream of sharing with you because it would be inappropriate to put mm. on, on, on a public podcast. But it's been really, really tough at times. It's been, it's been a wonderful joy, and, and what a joy serving, serving Christ in this way. I tell you what, what a great decision it was all those years ago to, to, um, to step into this. I don't regret it at all, but, but um, 
but but yeah, it is it is really tough going, and I just get irritated when you know I, I kind of you hear these people who say, and maybe it's true for some, you know, oh I I did that, and then I planted a few churches, and then I really you just planted a few churches before you moved on to your next project. I don't even know what that means because it's it's not remotely my experience. It's hard work, thinking together making plans, stepping mm. out, failing, picking yourselves up again onto the next thing. Uh, it's, 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 it's hard work. So there we go. That's my comment on that. But Steve, you were asking me another question about. I was, um, I was. Uh, before I remind you of that question, uh, as you were speaking, Hugo, I remember you saying once you said this and you were talking about planting, you were talking about your experience at Christchurch and you said this, it is never as good as good as it sounds, but it's also never as bad as it sounds. And I've, I, 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 it's always, it's always like been there with me. And as you were talking, that was interesting. And I know you want to comment on it, but we need to move on. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about what are the encouragements and the challenges that you have faced and what you have observed uh, since being the the Acts Twenty Nine GB lead. Uh, it's been a tough year, hasn't it? 2020 has been a tough year for all, 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 all sorts of all sorts of reasons, and um, there's been immense challenges ch- challenges through it. So for me, uh, the past year has just been lots and lots of uh, conversations, um, lots of issues to face. Um, church planters have been rattled and reflective and thoughtful and repentant and all sorts of all sorts of good things so it's been kind of walking together thinking thinking together reflecting on our on what we do and how 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 we do it and i guess that's that's all been good it's been exhausting um but it has been good um I, my elders very kindly allow me to give one day a week to Acts 2029. 20, they pay me my salary and then, then I do one day a week for Acts 29. I reckon that day a week was used up by the end of March 2020 for the entire year. <laughs> it's, been, it's been something like, like that. And so um, it has been tough. But I do think, I do think we've – well, I – more than think we we have undoubtedly undoubtedly turned turned a corner and so i de- de- detect a different mood um we we we're talking church planting again which is wonderful there are there are people as it turns out with projects in their heads uh with with plans and ambitions and taking steps to 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 um to progress those those things so so yeah i you know i mean i can say more on that do you want me to say more on that but but um i i i i think we have have have, have turned a corner so in terms of in terms of x29 uh gb as 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 we as 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 we are um we've managed to over the last six six nine months put a great governance structure in place and that's been really really important for Mm. for us and so we now have a we're an independent legal entity 
Um, X29 GB is an independent legal entity which is affiliated to X29 through 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 Europe. Um, but as an independent legal entity, we're accountable to our trustees who are GB trustees who are really engaged in in the work of X29, which is which is brilliant. Um, and we have a steering group now, which is which is uh, just a brilliant group of people thinking together about um, about church church planting. And there's real initiatives, not dozens. And I'm not up for dozens of initiatives. I'm not interested in that. I, I don't want to big us up. I want us to um, to 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 grab hold of a, of a, a focus on a handful of initiatives and land them, see them through get to the end of the year and say, yep, that's what we've done and it's been and it's been good and 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 and, and helpful and progress planting. And so um uh, uh, what, uh, call to that is the development of cohorts. Um really thrilled with the way that that is that is going. There's at the moment three cohorts. We hope there'll be more uh different types to come, but there's a church in hard places cohort that's been running for a while. Um, it's it's really good. We've indeed learned so much from the Church in Hard Places guys and how they team together and help one another. And so I'm grateful for them in in that. But they're going going well, helping revitalization projects, planting projects. And there's the same is happening amongst rural. And one thing I like about Act Twenty Nine is is it's anywhere to anywhere mentality. And so there's a genuine interest in planting churches in places which actually kind of nobody would, well, nobody knows exists, exists. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and that's just, that's just brilliant. And, and the rural guys are just great and they, they cohorting together and, and uh, doing that well. And then the most exciting thing for me guys is um, a new, a new planters cohort which yeah. will be starting up in April or just just uh, or sometime due, during April, uh, which is a group of people, almost without exception, these are churches that exist in people's heads um, rather than in reality. Uh, so it's, there's projects, ambitions to to go out and plant a church in a particular particular area, and we've got a number of a number of people who are wanting to 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 connect with that, think think together. And to work together, and so we will walk with these guys over over two years, uh, looking at competencies, looking at practicalities of church planting, um, and I'm really excited, really excited uh, about that. So that that's a really significant initiative, and and that's what we're all about. That's what I'm all about. you know after last year spending so much time conversation, conversation, dealing with issues, firefighting, if you like. Um, uh, looking forward to the year ahead, going, oh, we are helping people plant churches. This has got to be the thing to do. Amen. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hugo, can I thank you? That's, yeah, again, a joy to be in the room with some of those discussions with you and some hear some of the news that's going on. Um, can I take a slight diversion, although actually it's not really a diversion? I think you'll see why. But I'd love to talk to you or to get your thoughts on um, the importance of character when it comes to planting um, and particularly I think 
you've modeled this already for us um, as we've been talking, but just the importance of humility. Mm. Um, at times, I mean, like a scratch record, but some of, if you've been listening to previous episodes, you know, I've done a study on why church plants go wrong sometimes. Yeah. One of the things, the key things is actually a, a kind of a focus that we can have in terms of competency rather than character. We look for the gifted kind of all singing, all dancing planter rather than the godly, um, to put it bluntly. And so any thoughts for us in terms of humility, in terms of character and just um, how we can, how we can, I guess, under the Lord, grow that in ourselves, but also as we think about planting churches that plant churches, sure. how we can prioritise that. I guess anybody who's talking about humility is going to feel a little bit hypocritical because, you know, I don't know, you kindly say it sounds humble when I'm talking about things and make vulnerable on the podcast. I, I, really, I don't really think so. If you look into my heart, um, you might you might think, oh, hang about um <laughs> it's not as good as it sounds is that what you said robert it's not as good as it sounds absolutely um, so yeah so it is it it is about that but but like that so holiness and humility are are key stated hmm. uh values of x 29 and we've just got to keep them front and center when i was 26 i was going to change the world on the outside if you looked at me you would have said, that guy, you're going to change nothing. Um, <laughs> I don't see anything about you that convince, convince me to think that. But inside my head, I'm going to change the world. That, that's, that, that's how I, I was. At, at, at 56, I know I'm just passing through and I've changed very, very, very little. Um, and indeed, all my job now is to hand the bat, you know, see out my... 10 years of paid ministry, God willing, and then and in this time hand the baton over 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 to, to others. I do see lots of uh, really able younger younger men and women coming coming through. And I mean that is terrific. And and I, I really, really mean that. I I I uh, engage with 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 young guys in my church, they have got oodles more ability. Than, than I've ever had. And that excites me, that thrills me, um, that, is, that is great. And yet, if they're not growing in humility, it won't go well. It just, it just won't. And, and one of two younger guys who spend a bit of time, I, I, say, I say on a regular basis, basis to them, my, my job is to try and keep you humble because... If you're not in years to come, you're going to cause damage, and that is what that is what will 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 will, will happen. And and uh, yeah, we've just got to kick 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 each other in the shins, um, help each other be humble, challenge each other on that front, and of course, fundamentally pray pray that God's Spirit would so work in us that He changes us in that way. Oh man, oh man! I was going to say to you, thinking one of the one of the prayers that I picked up a while ago, which I try and pray every day, is that the Lord would um, raise up people from my ministry who would go on and surpass me, um, just to keep reminding me and keep reminding my proud heart that it's not about me, um, and that actually I want to be raising up folk in church or members of staff or and then, and then the prayer the prayer is that 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 you'd really really feel that <laughs> believe that yeah, yeah, yeah. because you get oh lord raise up people who surpass me 
yeah. oh, but kind of please don't <laughs> because yeah, I want to be the main guy. Yeah. 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 Good, good, good. Thank you, Hugo. Appreciate that a lot. Now we've got a few little shorter questions for you that yep. we'd love to love to ask you. The first one is now bear in mind you you're leading a church, you are leading Acts 29 GB. Uh, albeit I appreciate that's not your full-time job. Um, you've got two growing up children and your wife leads Crosslands. So not much going on in the, the charterous home at this moment in time. But what does a normal week look like for Hugo? Um, uh, we work quite a lot. Uh, Jen works hard and my, my children, by the way, are adult children. So, yes. um, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking after them anymore. So, uh, not much anyway. Um, uh, uh we, we work hard during the week. We, we, we put in a six, six kind of five day week and then Sundays on top of that, um, for for me, uh, I knew you were going to ask this question, of course, um, and I, I wish I could say I really had a dis- disciplined pattern to my week, but I I don't. Um, it's it's uh, I'm an activist, so I you know stopping and praying and reading and doing that sort of thing doesn't come naturally to me. I'm kind of wanting to do do do, but I suppose if there's a pattern to week, my week Mondays is admin sorting out all clearing all the little jobs off my list. Fridays is writing a sermon. Um, all my reading would have been done before Friday. Um, so Friday is just writing the sermon and doing podcasts for X29 when they ask, you know, that sort of that sort of thing. And and then and then Tuesday to Thursday meetings. It's a jumble. It's a jumble of things that that uh, that I do. No, that's great. That's great. It's it's interesting. Is it? I I think there's something in me. If I ever get asked that question, I wanna I wanna give a real structured week <laughs> with lots of discipline in, and then I, I, it just oh. I, I'm similar to you. So so it's uh, it's good to hear. I resonate with what you're saying uh, there, Hugo. Part of humility, part of um, growing in humility, especially in church ministry and planting a church, is actually recognizing that you are not. You're not the center of the world and you don't know everything. And actually, it is good for us to be learning from different people. Uh, you know, I think that's not just for those of us who are younger. Not that I'm putting my, myself in the brackets of being young. <laughs> but <laughs> compared to you, I am. But just to, to highlight that. Thank you. But, <laughs> who, who is it you are currently learning from? As in, as in people? Um, yeah. Wow. Goodness me! Uh, I guess I guess all sorts. I mean, I'm wanting to learn from, uh, you know, I, I I'm wanting to learn from my church family, uh, mm-hmm. from from those who are in leadership, and and I do all the time from those within Acts 29 for those I spend time with. Um, but I I really need to keep keep my head in the scriptures. I mean, that is very very important. And and um, at, at the moment, it's it's all Hebrews. We're doing Hebrews on a Sunday, and and uh, that that's what that's what um, takes up takes up a lot of my my my, my learning time, my thought time. That's great. Well, when you've nailed Hebrews, give us a shout because yeah, to- yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, we assume that you're reading the Bible daily. You're praying. Uh-huh. What other thing comes next? And what one thing do you need to do every day? What is a top of the priority list under those two things? I need to go for a walk every day. Okay. And I yeah. don't. Okay. Or I need to do some exercise every day. 
And if I mm. don't go for a walk mm. over two or three days, it's mm. it, it it and when I say go for a walk, I need to get out for an hour and do 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 something, especially in lockdown. Sure. Yeah. Um, out, out of lockdown, I I I you know get out and go to the gym. I mean, I know it doesn't look like it, but but I but I oh. I do, and that's that's really really uh, in, in, important. I can't be running outside in this weather. It's it's just just not on. But getting to the getting to the gym, I do. May I say? I mean, you say apart from reading the Bible, and 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 I would say I don't know where others are like me, but um, that is really really important for me. Mm. And it doesn't mm. come naturally, so mm. I'd, I kind of would rather not. And and so I actually have to keep a record mm. uh, every day. Have you read your Bible? Yes, and on a spreadsheet. And so I can get to the m- end of the month and 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 make sure I'm being, uh, you know, mm. I've kept myself kept myself honest. Mm. Um, because having my head in the scriptures just makes all the difference. So that's that's a, that's an important discipline for me. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you, Hugo. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for Christchurch. We want to pray for what you're doing. So I'm going to ask you in a moment of things that we and those listening can specifically pray. But before we do that, I know one of the things that you've really struggled with during lockdown is is the fact that you've not been able to hug people. <laughs> I know, that, I know that's been a big issue for you. So, um, so my last question for is when we when we get back to being together, and you have your first in person Acts twenty nine Great Britain steering group. Who is the person that you're looking forward to getting a big hug? I for? am avoiding you. I'm going to be <laughs> a million miles away from you. It's been the joy of lockdown. No hugs. No, having to. Uh, what is it about you people? Uh, honestly, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think we're going to keep these meetings on Zoom for a long time to come. Thank you, Hugo. I just, I, I'm so sorry. I couldn't resist. So, yeah. let's let's get back on track. What are the key things? What are the key things that we could be praying for you, for Christchurch, for your family, for 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 Acts Twenty Nine? Uh, so. Dan's can pray for you now, and also we can pray for you throughout the weeks and months. Thank you. Well, I'll give you I'll give you one thing for um, uh, Christchurch. So we've got big decisions coming up as we emerge out of of the pandemic, which includes a focus in another part, a poor area uh, of 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 our of our city, which people are actually buying houses in right right this moment. And so that that's happening, and and. Uh, we're, we're working this out as a congregation, so so um, if you could pray for that. And in terms of uh, Acts 29, pray, pray for our cohorts, and in particular, would you pray for the um, the new planters cohort? Really excited about that, but uh, we need to bring bring it all together and and make it make it happen from from April. So you could you could pray for those two things. Great, let's do that now. Thank you for the privilege of hearing some of the work that you've done in um, the lives of Hugo and Jen. We thank you for um, their work up in Newcastle. We we thank you for um, thank you for the way in which you've um, you've blessed the work of their hands, and thank you too for the way in which um, Hugo has been able to be so honest. As we've heard, what, the way things haven't gone as well as expected, or way things have been difficult, or the things you've been teaching them and and so indeed the things that you've taught us through that we we do pray for wisdom um 
Lord, we confess our need of wisdom and pray for them as they try and work through what coming out of lockdown looks like, but also the possibility to seek to reach other areas of Newcastle. Um, Father, give them uh, unity as a church, um, give them clarity, um, keep them humble and looking to you. And we go on praying as well for um, Acts 29 GB, and we think of these cohorts, and particularly this new planted cohort. Lord, there's such an excitement to think of the possibility of new churches planted around GB um, into areas where there aren't churches, and so needing um, to hear of the Lord Jesus. Um, again, please give wisdom as Hugo helps to oversee some of that. Um, help him to know how to fill his week, help him to know where to focus and prioritise to spend his time. And thank you so much for a chance um, to to get to know him a bit better um, these last 40 minutes or so. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hugo, thank you so much for being with us. Give our love to your dear family. And uh, folks, thanks for listening to this episode of the Acts 29 Europe podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Acts 29 Europe podcast, conversations on church planting in Europe. Do check out the show notes for links to some of the things we've been speaking about and we'd love it if you would subscribe and share this with your friends and join us again in two weeks time.